Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, Keisha Way. And I wanted to take a moment to introduce our new podcast, Today Faith Taught Me. The goal of this podcast is to motivate, inspire, and encourage you with our inspirational messages. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. One in three will be metastatic breast cancer. I encourage you to do your self-exams, get your mammograms, and know your family history. You're fine. All right, so we are ready to rock and roll. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Chair, the Pink Series. I'm your host, Keisha Way, your servant leader by design. I um, serve as the bridge to your transformation. I'm also the founder of Journey to Healthy Healing, where we take you from hopeless to full of faith, hope, and courage. If you were able to catch us on last week, you know that Life Beyond the Chair, the Pink Series It was birthed out of a time where I myself was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And during that time, as I was volunteering, I was able to assist and help the people that were in there receiving treatment in the very same treatment center where I received 12 rounds of chemo. During that time, I was asked, why are you here? And my response was, I wanted to show others that there was life beyond the chair. And that is how we came here. And during the month of October, we are sharing with everyone the awareness about breast cancer. And I have so many guests that are going to be joining me. And tonight we have, I'm so lost, sorry. Tonight, because I'm thinking about the name that you said, but that's fine. So tonight we have Winifred. Winifred is a 10-year survivor, and she is sharing her story with us on tonight. So if you are ready to get started, go ahead and drop a number one down in the comment box, and that will let me know that you are ready to get started. All right, so we're going to go ahead and roll with these questions. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for deciding to join me and to go live and share your story and your testimony with others. You are so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to just start out by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, as you stated, I'm Winifred Kennebrew. Uh, I am a wife and mother, mother of two, um, live in Conyers, Georgia, and basically living the dream, you know, um, continuing this, this ongoing daily battle, um, like you said, life after the chair. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I'm going to ask you, how was your cancer um, journey discovered? How did you discover that you actually had breast cancer? You know, (laughs) it's funny. I didn't personally discover it. Um, I went in for an annual uh, appointment with my gynecologist um, who said, hey, Winifred, you're 35. Why not just go ahead and get a memo, you know? Um, Okay, I'm thinking, you know, of course, we always heard 40 is when you go get (laughs) mammogram so I did and um, <laughs> I had my mammogram came back abnormal um, I then went to to have my biopsy done and 
there it was. Mm. So you were actually able to discover yours through having a mammogram. Absolutely. Okay. Now, were you doing self-checks on your own? I was. I had no lumps, no pain, no signs of anything. Gotcha. So which form of breast cancer did you actually have? I um, ERPR positive. ERPR positive. And what mm -hmm. stage was that? Was it early? One. Okay, so it was early stage, which is very early, early. Very, okay, early. very early. Now, was there a history of breast cancer in your family? Not that I'm aware of. Not that you're aware of. So it was your first time ever coming across this? Or did you have- Well, actually, no, my mother had um, ovarian cancer. Okay. Um, and from what, you know, what I learned later is there are links uh, between ovarian prostate and breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, you could have one of the three if either runs in your family, but I was the first to have breast cancer. Okay. So did you do any type of genetic testing just in case? I did, and it was negative. No, no gene. Okay. Okay. Because I did do genetic testing as well, and there were no genes. So it was kind of like what they call spontaneous. Right. What I was told. That's definitely what I was told. Okay. So tell me about... When you, when it was revealed to you that you actually had cancer, when you heard the words, you have cancer, how did you manage what you actually heard? You know, it was, it was like an out-of-body experience, actually. And when we went back to get the results, my, I knew, you know what I'm saying? It's like my gut was kind of like, you know, it's like I went to the doctor's office. It was a lot of weight. Um, it was a lot of, I, what I felt like was like tiptoeing around. I was like, this is it, you know? Um, but even after I heard those words, it took me a minute to process it because I was like, how, why? Like, how could this happen? But mm -hmm. I, I kind of knew, I kind of knew. Just that gut feeling telling Just you that. that yeah. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Um, so I want to know, what was your support system like during that time? Did you rely on your family? Did you rely on church members or support groups? Um, as we just kind of briefly talked about earlier, honestly, a lot of my family did not know outside of my immediate family and very close friends because, like I said, it took me a minute to process it before I was ready really to share it. Mm -hmm. Because I was still dealing with what was going on and, you know, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. So mm -hmm. it was really a very close-knit group of people that knew. And, and we, I can relate to you on that because that's exactly how I was. I found out in November of 2017, very select few people outside of my family knew. I didn't share it with the world until August of 2018. Therefore, I was over and done with all of my surgeries, my chemo, and everything that had to go on. And it wasn't, it was personal, but it wasn't necessarily personal. It was like, I didn't want anyone else speaking death over me. I didn't want anyone else bringing about a negative mindset that would have changed what I already thought and moving forward with the diagnosis that was, was received. So I definitely... And, pre and pretty much that was it. At that point, it was like, I felt what I was going to feel. I went through all of the emotions. I was in fight mode. You know, it's like, I didn't want anybody putting an expiration date on me. I didn't want anybody asking a whole bunch of questions 
or making me doubt what I was going through. So um, like you, I waited until I was done. I mean, I went to radiation <laughs> for over a month every day and then went to work like nothing was going on because I was just like, it, it was about me. I was very selfish about mm -hmm. the diagnosis. And I can definitely understand that. I can definitely understand that. So I was going to ask you, were you eager to share your journey? But you've already told us. Oh, no. Not right off the bat. You were not ready to share that until it was the until it was time for you to share. Because I know sometimes people are eager to blurt it out to the world. And then there are some of us that choose to hold on to that information until we feel as though we are completely ready. So I do want to ask you, what would you say to that woman that doesn't get a mammogram or doesn't do the self-exams? Just how would you, you know, get the message across to her that she needs to get a mammogram and she needs to do those self-exams? Oh, absolutely. I, it, could, it, it can definitely be life-saving. I mean, it was for me. I think about, you know, if I would have waited until 40 you know, you're talking about five years later, you know, um, what could have happened or how far gone it had been. Because like I said, they caught it so early, it, 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 no lymph nodes, no anything. It was just a very small tumor. So it can definitely, definitely be life-saving. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. So how would you say the journey of cancer has changed your life? Um... I've always had a appreciation for life, but I have even more of an appreciation. Um, I'm very protective of my space, my time, my energy. Um, I travel more. I say no unapologetically. Mm -hmm. If I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Um, I've learned that each day is definitely a gift. It truly yes. is a gift. Definitely is. Definitely is. I can understand that. Now, during the month of October, when you see the color pink, what does that represent for you? It represents fight. I, 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 just, I just see fight, you know, fighters, uh, warriors, um, awareness. And for, for me, when I see pink, that, that's what I think about the fight. And it's... it's <laughs> not a sisterhood that you necessarily want, but it shows people that they're not in this thing alone. You know, mm -hmm. you have a, a whole lot of people that experiencing it, have not experienced it, have been exposed to it in one form or another. And when you see the pink, it's like, let's, let's fight, let's keep fighting. That's right, gloves are definitely on. Gloves on. And that is 365 days of the year, not just one month out of the year because- Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think people need to realize that once you've gone through cancer, you don't just take that one month out of the year to recognize it and bring awareness to it. For me, I talk about it on a regular basis with, you know, just people that I know, you know, you want to make sure that people are, you know, aware of what can go on with inside of their body. So we definitely talk about this stuff 365 days of the year. Oh, absolutely. 31 days out of a month. Okay, so as we are coming to the end, I want to ask you, how do you live your life beyond the chair? I know you've already shared with us that you travel and you say no unapologetically, but I wanna know how do you yourself live your life beyond the chair? 
I would say I practice more self-care um, as far as taking care of me, being more conscious of what I'm doing. Um, I spend way more time with my family um, and it's just little things I don't take for granted. Definitely, definitely. Self-care is like number one. It is key because how can you, you know, pour into someone else's cup if your cup is empty? Absolutely. So you have to make sure that you're pouring into yourself before you can go out into the world and give to anyone else and before you can give to your own family because those right. people within our four walls, although they need us, we have to be healthy in order to provide for them. Right. Now, I know that there are some things that you're doing during the month of October. So I want to ask, how is it that others that are watching can actually support you? Because I know you've been posting about helping others that are currently going through treatment. So I want to know if anyone wanted to reach out to you right now to help out, how could they do that? Um, you can reach out to me via um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, when this journey started, we came up with the team Boo Patrol, um, pretty much to say, hey, we're, we're patrolling, basically we're patrolling these boobs. We need everybody checking boobs and we need to make sure everybody's safe per se. So yeah. we came up with the name, actually my, my husband kind of, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> came up with that name and actually Boo Patrol is now a nonprofit. Um, so our objective is to um, bring awareness, support those that are going through the struggle, um, provide them with things they may need, like little things like hats, scarves, um, groceries, you know, if you need a ride somewhere, like, you know, anything we can do to kind of help out because we know that the caretakers take a blunt of what's going on as yes. well. Anything we can do to kind of soften the blow, we do that. Got it. I definitely understand. So if someone wanted to donate monetarily to the Boot Patrol, how would they be able to do that? You can you can donate to Boot Patrol via Cash App, PayPal um, are the two methods that I have right now. Okay. And um, soon, my link is not up, but soon <laughs> the link will be up. But you can definitely donate in those two ways. And all okay. proceeds go to Boot Patrol to help in this fight. Got it, got it. So ladies and gentlemen, you have heard Miss Winifred talk about boob, boob Patrol. So I definitely want to encourage you to drop something in her cash app, drop something in her PayPal. Let her know that you are willing to support her. I know that, you know, with all the things that are going on in the world right now, we may not be able to get together face to face, but virtual support definitely helps. So if you can find it within your heart to give to this cause, I would definitely encourage you to do so because I am positive that it will go and be used in the right direction. You heard her say that they are willing to go out and help caregivers. They're willing to go out and help those that are currently in treatment by providing meals, by providing rides. And those are some of the most important things you need when you are going through the, the wolves and the journey of cancer. So again, Ms. Winifred, I really want to thank you for accepting the invitation to share your story about your 10-year survivor. Thank and you. Thank and you thank so you so much for inviting me. And still, I have been soliciting for those that are going through treatment they, that may need anything that we can kind of help. 
I have not gotten contacted by a lot of people. Like I'm still available if somebody may need a little something, you can reach out to me. Is there an email or anything? Or Facebook. No Send email, just, just Instagram or Facebook? Yes, no. boopatrolga.gmail at gmail.com. Okay. okay, so we'll make sure we go back and put that down in the links. So that's boopatrol.ga. Boopatrolga at gmail. Uh -huh. At gmail. Okay. Definitely. We'll make sure that we take care of that. Again, thank you for joining us. We are coming to an end, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm so honored that you all chose to be here with us again on our second episode of Life Beyond the Series. I mean, Life Beyond the Chair, the Peace <laughs> Series. Tonight, we had Miss Winifred with us, and last week, we spoke with Jennifer, who is a warrior right now. Next week, we will have a thriver, and the following week, we will have a caregiver. So I definitely want to ask that you all come back and join us for those last episodes as well. Also, I want to ask if you are on YouTube, I want to ask you to follow me on YouTube. Let's see if I can find that screen so that you can see my actual um, YouTube page. All right, so you can um, follow me at Journey with Keisha. And basically you will see some of the things that you're seeing on Facebook um, right now. And that will be interviews and different stories of just helping women out and serving as the bridge to their transformation. Again, it is such an honor and a pleasure to serve you all. And thank you, Miss Winifred, for joining us. You're and we'll welcome. Guys, next week. You all have an awesome week. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you. The idea for Life Beyond the Chair was brought about as I was volunteering in the very same treatment center where I received 12 rounds of chemotherapy over a five month period. In November of 2017, I was diagnosed with stage 4B colon cancer. As I toured the facility to receive my treatment plan, I instantly knew I would return to give back as a testament to show others there is life beyond the chair. Out of that, I decided to turn this into a series to share the stories of others and how they currently live their lives beyond the chair. Thank you for joining us for this series, Life Beyond the Chair.